I want Apostle Patricia to come up here to release to the house this morning um, some prophetic words that the Lord was talking to her about. When she, I, I don't know if when she arrived or before she got here, but I, we, we know this is important for the house to hear. So come on up. <laughs> I'm sorry, I forgot my tablet, so I went old school. Um, so I was in the, I was in the presence of the Lord and, uh, an angel came in the room and all this revelation was downloaded to me. Cause when I go to a place, I always like to release what God gave me. And he said that, that this church, the revival hub right now, this weekend was in a season of shift complete shift. It was governmental alignment with angels uh, that are connected with heaven and, you know, on earth. And uh, I saw a staircase open here the, the first night I came and I saw the angels ascending and descending. And it wasn't just for um, healing. It was governmental that they were coming in because the shift is here. And God said, um, listen to the instruction. Jesus is the commander in chief here, uh, along with you guys. And that, um, that soak and pray for direction. Um, for this new season that you're going into, you are a people of vision. An apostolic here is here to guide each person into their destiny and purpose. When you're in an apostolic place that's going for shift, it's going to fall on you. And you're going to be able to move in destiny because there's people going to come. And this place is going to grow. And things are going to move. And you need to be equipped. And so the Lord said there's a new equipping in that and that. This church is truly anchored in Christ and the word here. It has the freedom. And the Lord said for the, um, for the intercessors uh, that are here, this is for you. This is for your church. This is for the leaders. That the mantle of Esther is on your lives to prepare. It's a time of fasting to expose. You will expose the enemy uh, that wants to divide and take, but you will expose it and it will be brought down and it's already moving and shifting because this area will come out of everything it's called to come out of and it will be known as a place for Jesus. So continue to push in because you, the, the, it's all being exposed right now and it will uh, come to pass. It's happening right now. This weekend, it's all shifting and I watched it as I came in. It's starting to shift out and this won't be known as a place of poverty or allergies. I've been hearing all kinds of stuff. It's going to be a place of healing, prosperity, and blessing. And I speak that into all of you. So stand in that perfume and that Esther anointing and take it and get before the Lord because you have governmental shifting here that's taking place. And I'm excited to see it. So that's what the Lord gave me this morning to uh, give to all of you. So I hope that bears witness with what you're going and now. So we just release that, Lord. We release that Esther anointing. We release the governmental anointing. We release the angels. We release the shift, God. We release this place, Lord, that you're expanding this building, that you're bringing people from all over the world to come and get touched, transformed, blessed to take back to their cities, their regions, and the nations, Lord. We release that right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <laughs> well, I've, I've really enjoyed having uh, Jason and Patricia here. They've been 
they've been such a blessing to us here at the house and I'm just excited for all God has for us. I'm, re I'm really excited about even what she's saying about the exposing. You know, we don't ever battle against flesh. It's, it's, it's a spiritual battle. And so, um, you know, I was thinking about this, you know, through some of the things we've been dealing with in the region here. And um, the Lord took me, you know, to Luke. And um, he was just showing me this this morning. And um, Luke 23, 32 uh, through 55 you know, the two men at the cross. And we'll start, we'll start with this verse. Because I think this is key for us to remain in this season with even what she's saying, the governmental shift that's here right now. And we have to remember this. It says, two others, both criminals, were led out to be ex executed with him when they came to a place called the Skull. They nailed him to the cross, and the criminals were also crucified, one of his right and one of his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. And the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. The crowd watched out, and the leaders scoffed. And he, he saved others. They said, let him save himself. If he's really God's Messiah, the chosen one, the soldiers mocked him, too. And by offering him a drink of a sour wine, they called to him, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. A sign was fastened above him with these words, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed, So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it. That has been a big word that has come against this house. Prove it. Here it is. By saving yourself and us too while you're at it. But the other criminal protested, don't you fear God? Even when you have been sentenced to die, we deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. Doesn't matter because we need to have the fear of the Lord right now. And if we don't have the fear of the Lord, we will go and say and do things however we feel in our emotions, however we feel in our wounds, how we feel in, in, in our flesh. And we will begin to speak from a place of that, like this man did at the cross. If you really are, prove it. Well, that's a fleshly thing to say. This man, I was thinking about him this morning as I read that. I said, he must have been really wounded. He must have been in unbelief. You know, Apostle Pete talked about unbelief, you know, last week. And he must have had unbelief so much that he couldn't believe that was the Messiah. But see, discernment was on the other one. And when discernment, true discernment was within him, he felt that he was the Messiah through the Holy Spirit. He felt something was different with him. And that's where we need to be, with the fear of the Lord and the discernment of the Holy Spirit this season. Because if we not, we will say and do things that are not aligned with the, with the Holy Spirit and the kingdom of God. And we need those two things this season to remain in the kingdom of God to pull from that place of the kingdom of God. Because if not, we will rep misrepresent the heart of the Father. Yes. <clears throat> this whole weekend has been about 
fire, fire, fire. I don't know if you saw that. We don't mean to have these like labels on our weekends that we've been having in this Northwest outpouring, but it's been about fire this whole weekend. And, you know, one of the nights we were here, I began to see um, the angels show up that I hadn't seen since I was in Texas. And they were all lined up here, and they were blazing in fire. Their bodies were blazing, and their wings were coming up, and their wings were just like pushing the fire forward like this, and they were keeping the fire alive on the altar. So today's message, I got this name of the message about two, three weeks ago, Fire on the Altar. And I'm going to tell you the different things the Lord has been showing me as we're moving forward and we're getting into deeper things of the Lord and where the Lord is taking us and how deep it is. Because it's, it's going to be a very deep place where we're going. And um, in Hebrews 1.7, it talks about these angels, and it says about his angels, he says, I make my angels swift winds and my ministers of fiery flames. You know, when I first got saved and I thought of the fire of God, I thought whenever we talked about the fire of God, because I was raised in, re in a religious aspect of thinking, I thought, oh, the fire of God's here, you know, it's because sin needs to be taken out. <laughs> You know, when you're brought up with that kind of mindset, oh, the fire is here, it's going to put out the sin that people are carrying, you know. But that's not what the fire is. It has that in it. It is, it is a result that happens while in the fire, but that's not all the fire is. And the, I, I began to see different aspects of the fire during this revival up until now time. And the fire brings healing it brings intimacy. It brings, um, it brings purity. In 1 Peter 1.7, it talks about so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that uh, <clears throat> perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. What have we been singing? Holy, holy, holy. And then we've been talking about the honor. And, and, and we go into these songs. And there it is in First Peter. And it says to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So as he's being more revealed to us. And we're understanding him and going to a deep place with him in that intimate place. We're understanding him better in a deeper way. It's no longer surface, but it's really going in that fire, being refined and understanding by faith that, yes, there's a testing by fire, but we're being refined in that fire. Zechariah 13.9 says it like this, And I will put this third into the fire and refine them as one refined silver and test them as gold is tested. They will call upon my name and I will answer them. And I will say they are my people. And they will say the Lord is my God. So during this testing, during this fire you're going and you're, you're stepping into right now. Because it's been here this whole weekend. And, but as you go into the fire, don't be afraid of the fire because as you get, to, you get to know more of who Jesus is in the fire, that's the intimate place. But then you also come and you realize who you're serving. It says, they are my people and they will call. They will say, the Lord is my God. 
So through this fiery stage, that's what, you, that's what your response should be. The Lord is my God. The fire helps to mold us. You know, we always talk about an accompany of heaven in this house. And one of the nights, I guess about two, three weeks ago, when the Lord gave me the, the message, he says, uh, I had an angel literally come. I was sitting right there, and the angel came up to me. And all I heard was a quick whisper. And if you knew the situation of where we were at at that moment, you would understand that it was very well needed. The Lord knows what we need at the times that we need it. And this angel comes up to me, and he just does a quick whisper. And he says, don't let them stifle your fire. And it was in an audible voice. And he said, don't let them stifle your fire. And then all of a sudden, as I was sitting there, the angel comes with this torch that was lit on fire. And I began to feel it on my back. And as soon as the fire touched me from the torch, the wounds begin to shrivel, shiver up, uh, shrivel up and disappear. So there's healing in the fire. My favorite encounter that I've read in the Word of God is Moses encountering the fire. Because it spoke of intimacy and it also spoke of God revealing himself to Moses, of his purpose and his destiny for a whole generation. And in Exodus 3, 2 through 5, it says, There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire, and it did not burn him up. So then Moses thought, well, I'll go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. And let's continue on Exodus uh, 3, 4 through 7. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take your sandals off, for the place where you're standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. There's his inheritance right there. He says, this is where your, your lineage comes from. This is where your inheritance comes from. This is where you draw from. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. And the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt, and I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. If you think God is not concerned with the attacks that we've been going through, even as a nation, that's crazy to even think that. Because from the beginning of time, he's always been concerned with his sons and his daughters. He's always been about the kingdom business and making sure his people are okay. And does he hear your cry? Yes, he hears your cry. Just like he heard the cry then, he hears it now. You know, she, uh, Apostle Patricia talked about the shift. There is a shift here right now. And I saw it last night. And it was the craziest thing ever because I saw the Lord walk in here and the Lord was standing in front of people. 
And then all of a sudden, I saw the Lord switch his position. And the Lord began to speak to me. And he says, there's a difference of perception that's going to shift right now. And he says, people are going to go from seeing me in front of them to seeing me alongside of them. And when he's alongside of you, you go back to the garden of walking in the cool of the day with the Father where you're walking hand in hand to him, with him in intimacy. And that shift is that's what it's, what it's going to look like. Because your perception is no longer going to see God here, but it's going to be he's right beside me. He's so close to me that I can feel his heart. I can hear him breathing on me in such a way that you will not question whether, he, whether you're alone or not anymore. And he says they need to know they're not alone. They need to know that even as they walk through this fire, that I am walking right with them, alongside of them. And they don't need to see me over here anymore, but they need to see me hip to hip, cheek to cheek walking with them. Who wouldn't want the king of all kings to walk with them, right? <laughs> I started, I started, I, I, even now as I'm saying it, I'm like, I'm like, can you, okay, in the natural, if you were to walk with a king, right? There's a real king in the natural, and they're walking with you. What do you think is going to happen when the king's walking with you? Can't you see the favor? Can't you see the open doors? Can't you see, like, God just, like, can you see it? Can you feel it? Like, him walking with you, you walk into places, you walk into, into dark places, and the light is coming with you because he's walking with you. And you're no longer doing your ministry by yourself or think you're alone. Like the enemy comes and lies to us over and over again. Oh, you're all by yourself. You're all alone. Now what are you going to do? Uh, no, we're hip to hip, cheek to cheek this season. <laughs> I had this <clears throat> encounter about... I don't know, two, three weeks ago with this fire. And I, I walked into, this t into the temple. But it was so crazy because I'm thinking temple, like this is a temple where everybody goes in the spirit. And the Lord said, no, this is a private temple. And I said, what do you mean by private? And he said, yeah, this is a private temple of a secret place that I'm creating now for the people one-on-one. -on -one where you would have your own altar of fire. And I said, well, I said, well, what are we supposed to do? And I walked in the room, like I walked into the temple, and then I walked into the room, and then I saw an altar, and then I saw this blazing fire coming out of the altar. And I, the presence was so strong there that I had no choice but to fall on my knees and weep and cry with the presence of this fire of the Lord. And as I go to throw myself on the floor because the presence is so strong, the Lord begins to talk to me. And he says, this is where I'm taking my people this season. And he says, how about you put your hands in the fire? See, in the natural, our mind can't comprehend that. And we're like, 
why would I put my hands in fire? I'll burn myself. But see, Moses didn't burn up, remember? So we can't be afraid because we saw it in action with Moses. And then he says, yeah, put your hands in the fire. And he says, you can leave them in there as long as you can. As long as your physical body can handle what's in that fire, you keep them in there. And I said, well, God, I just want to leave them in there as long as I can, Lord, until everything is gone that's not of you. That whatever my hands begin to touch, that it, it's molded to look like your hands. And then all of a sudden, I saw the Lord's hands come and lay on top of my hands. And it was almost like a molding of our hands being molded into the Father's hands. And he says, then another night came of the revival. And he says, and, and right now, I'm going to do a different part of you. There's another piece of your flesh, of your body, that needs to be submerged in the fire. And he did it in steps with me. Because I think if I would have stepped my whole body into the fire, I put it, probably would have, could have died. Because it would have been too much for me. But he took me through a step process every day. And he says, okay, now it's time for, for your heart to be in the fire. And that's where you see these, these uh, pictures of the father with this blazing, fiery heart. You know, we see it in pictures, but, but there's a deep part of the father where he wants your heart to be on fire for him. He's your first love. I remember, um, I want to read you this verse first, and I'm going to share a story. In Hebrews 4.12, it talks about, for we have, okay, I missed a part. So as I was in this fire, I began to see myself being transformed into a sword. And I was like, how did this even happen? How did my body get transformed into a sword? And he says, well, because you're allowing me to come and mold you and refine you in the fire. And if you remember in the old days, they would take the swords and they would beat them in the fire to mold them into swords. They would take the metal and they would douse it in the fire and they would hit it and they would mold it to whatever shape or piece they wanted to mold it in. But nothing would happen to the sword. It would just... Uh, begin to form the way that they wanted it to form and then they would bring it out and they kept putting it in and bringing it out putting it in and bringing it out and then they would hit it until it became the sword they wanted it to be and that's what the Lord is doing with us right now he's putting us in the fire he's taking us out he's putting us in the fire and then he's pulling us out until we become to look like him because Jesus was the word made flesh. He became the word. And the word of the Lord is the sword that we, care, that we carry in the armor of God. In Hebrews 4.12, it, uh, it says, For we have the living word of God. I love the way the Passions translation says it. Which is full of energy, like a two-mouthed sword. 
It will even penetrate to the very core of your being where soul and spirit and bone and marrow meet. And it interprets and reveals the true thoughts and secret motives of our heart. That's what it looks like to become the sword of the Lord. If we want to be like Jesus, we have to become the living word of God. He became the living word in the flesh, walking on this earth and becoming everything that in the past prophets had released. Now we have the completion of the word of God in our hands now that now we can go through this fire. And then as we go through the fire, we become the living word of God. Now I'm going to share you this real awesome story. And I know, I believe Apostle Pete shared it before, but the Lord reminded me of it this morning. See, Pete's grandma She didn't know how to read her word. And she would sit in the back of the church because she couldn't read it. And sometimes her Bible would be upside down. And and, and that was her whole thing was, I want to be able to read the word of God. So the word of God got imparted into her. And one day we were sitting there and uh, he had had this encounter with the Lord. And he comes out. And, and in this encounter, he sees his grandma in the kitchen. And he says, I saw her head, and then I saw her body, and her body be- was a sword, a beautiful sword. And she comes out, and she says, look, mijo, look at how beautiful I look. And he says, Grandma, you're a sword. And she says, yes, look how pretty it is. And it had these little jewels in the sword and all that. And I was like, the Lord told me about that this morning. And he said, she went through the fire to become the sword to look like me. And there was such a transformation that happened with this woman that, that she loved. Like, I mean, she loved already, but this love was Jesus' love when she walked And the Lord spoke to her so heavily in this place that she couldn't go nowhere because the spirit of the Lord would tell her what to tell people everywhere she went. That was Jesus, just like Jesus walking on the earth. This is what we're supposed to become. This is the sword he wants us to become. That not only do we read our word, but it's a transforming word that is alive. And that it begins to bring transformation to those around us. And people are not going to know who you even are anymore. The faceless generation, because you don't look like yourself anymore. You look like the Father. You're carrying this fire. You're carrying this glory that nobody even knows what you look like anymore. Last night I was in here, <clears throat> and I had, to, I had to sit for a moment because I all of a sudden was in this metal cart. And the metal cart looked like one of, like, a, a, an amusement park cart. Remember those old metal carts? And you could open the door, and you could get in, and you could take a seat in there, right? And I was like, 
The last time I was in one of those was I was a kid, and it was to, like, a haunted house at a church. I'm not even lying. And when I, when I was in there, sitting in there, I was like, I, it, was in a, it was at a house, and there was darkness inside. And I remember last night I told the Lord, I don't want to go in that darkness. That's not where I want to be. And then the Spirit of the Lord came and talked to me, and the Holy Spirit said, will you become my coal? And as soon as he said that, I looked down at the cart, and the cart that I was in was not even an amusement park metal cart, but it was a, a cart that uh, people would use to load the coal in to, to travel out on the railroad tracks to take it from place to place. And I said, you know, when it's like Jason was talking. When you're under the Lord and you're there with the Lord, you'll say yes to whatever, right? And then you don't realize what you're saying yes to until later on. And then you're like, what did I just say yes to? <laughs> and I said, yes, I'll be your coal, Lord. I'll become your coal. See, because what happens when, you're, when you allow yourself for the Lord to bring so much fire upon you, that eventually you turn into the coal. And the coal is something that's very hard to turn off. When you read what coal is, it was used for many things. It was like if the more coal you had, it was very expensive. Jesus paid the price, right, at a high price for this coal. And then it, nobody could just come. You can't just come just shut off the coal so fast. It took time for it to turn off. It wasn't like a quick turn off. So whatever's come to try to stifle your fire that turns into the coal, they won't be able to do it anymore from you sitting in this fire. And then I began to see where we became coals. And the Lord, it was so crazy. I remember me being in Alabama. And me and my husband at the time would take rides in his motorcycle. And we would go in through these hills and these back roads on the motorcycle rides. And I saw it last night. And all of a sudden, in parts of Alabama, in the natural, they, have, uh, they were big distrib distributors of the coal. They had coal mines there everywhere in Alabama. And they had piles of coal. And some of them had been shut down because it's not needed anymore, the coal like it was back then. But how the coal was transported was through a train. So they had the carts there. And we would drive by, and you could smell it, and you could see the piles of the coal. And I remember saying, man, that's crazy, right? They would take, they would load up these carts. They would be on railroad tracks, and they would be distributed to different places out of Alabama. And the Lord began to talk to me through that. He says, see, once you become the coal, you allow yourself to get in the cart. I'll distribute you out wherever you need to go. In the glory train. So before you can get in the train, you got to let the fire come. You got to turn into the coal that's constantly burning because we're called to be the burning ones. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, I never saw it like that. And then I went into the vision of the glory train as the burning ones. And as the coals came together, it created a bright light from the fire. And I said, oh, my God, it's beautiful. 
And he said, see, as you become the coal and you connect yourself with other coals, then it becomes a bright light that when this bright light goes into the darkness, the darkness can't be there anymore because we're burning ones. Hebrews 12, 29 says, for our God is a holy devouring fire. Devouring fire, that's what he is. But we cannot be afraid of this fire this season. It's a good thing. <clears throat> Isaiah 48.10 says, Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I've tried you in the furnace of affliction. How many of us have been going through afflictions? Right? That's the burning. That's the fire. <laughs> He is refining us, not as silver, but tried you in the furnace of affliction. Malachi 3.3 says, he will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver. And they will bring offerings in righteousness to the Lord. I looked up what happens to what happens in the fire to gold. And when gold gets under the fire, it says how when real pure gold, when exposed to the flame, will get brighter after a while and it gets hotter and it will not darken. But fake gold pieces, such as fool's gold, and pieces of brass and copper allows will, will darken or otherwise change color. This is why people are looking for the real thing. They don't want the fake stuff anymore. Because they'll bring confusion on them. It'll turn all kinds of colors. Won't even produce something of authenticity in the Lord, genuine in the Lord. But when gold gets refined... Because we've been talking a lot in this house how we're in a golden season with the Lord. And when gold gets refined, the, it, get, it brightens the color of the gold where it becomes so bright. And what does brightness bring to darkness? It brings light. And as I've been, you know, cleaning out my house and getting out my house recently, I started finding the gold that people had gifted me. And it was all jewelry. And, and they had just given me loads of gold. And they're like, God just said, give you this gold. Just give it to you. And I, and <laughs> I mean, you've heard the story, those that are part of our house here. But I found it, and the Lord said, you need to treasure what I've given you. You need to treasure the gold that I've given you. And that's a word for all of us. We have to treasure the golden things that God has given us. Whatever God has given you, value it. 
Don't just stick it in a box and stick it in a drawer and forget about it and act like it doesn't exist. But hold value to it and appreciate it and be in thanksgiving for it so that way the Lord and his fire can become and brighten the gold that's even inside of each and every one of us this season. So when you go out to dark places and you get in the train and God sends you out as a coal, that it becomes bright and it burns where people around you can feel the burning coal that's burning off of you and they get on lit on fire just from being around you because if you've ever been around hot coal you can't avoid the flame and the fire that comes from that coal that's why people use it to heat up their houses you just needed just a little bit of coal to heat up a whole house So become the coal today. I started seeing the, the fire at the altar <clears throat> these past weeks. And it was like the Lord saying, come and bring me all of you. Come and bring me all of you and lay yourself at the altar so I can burn up everything that's not of me. And all that's left is this the purity of the gold that's left inside of you. All that's left is me. And if I'm just left, then the enemy can't destroy if it's just me there. They never could destroy Jesus. As much they wanted to get rid of him, as much they felt they needed him out of there, they never got rid of him because what happens when they thought they killed him, he resurrected in power and greater power than when he died. So resurrection power is going to come upon you in the process of burning for God, becoming the coal, and then you come and bring that resurrection power to resurrect others with the coal, the fire, to light their fire blaze again because somebody came and stifled their fire. But it's like we're called to be fire starters. We're supposed to come and ignite the fire of others around us that when they have no more fire left inside of them and they become dead as bones, that the resurrection power inside of us in that fire will come and light up inside of them that they begin to burn for Jesus again in such a way. And then they'll have their moments of encounters like Moses did with the burning bush to know who they're called to be, one. And second, to begin to know who he is in them. It's the fire at the altar right now. And I don't want to come in here even tonight and act like, see, when you become in love with the fire starter, and not just what his hands can do, but become entangled in love with him and who he is, because who he is is greater than healings, who he is is greater than prophecy, who he is is greater than any revelation we can get. Who he is as our first love is where he wants to take you this season. And the more you fight him, the more miserable you will be, I promise. You will be so miserable, and you could have everything of need in the natural, and you'll still be miserable. Until you come, and you come, and, you, and, and the Lord calls you up, and he says, you want to come sit by the fire? 
You want to come up and sit by the fire? And you're like, well, I don't even know what that's even supposed to look like, God. Well, the first thing is obedience. If he's calling you out, then you come. If he's calling you by your name like he did to Moses, Moses, Moses. And he's calling you to come to the fire, then you come. You don't care what anybody thinks about you or what people are saying about you. You just come because God's calling you himself. He had to call Moses. And then when when he called Moses, Moses came to the fire. Moses, Moses, why do you think he had to call him? There's a call going out and there's a sound going out right now into this generation. And he's calling those that are out there that are lost. And he's calling them by their name because they have forgotten who they're called to be and the things of the Lord. And that's how the harvest is going to come in this season. He's going to call them out. They're going to walk in this place. And as soon as that fire hits them, they're going to be, have a memory of what God has spoken in their lives. Even past prophecies, even past things that they have forgotten about. And God's going to come and illuminate it in the fire and say, there's gold there. Can you go find the gold in the harvest? Because if you can't see gold in the harvest and all you see is a sin and all you see is how people are bitter and all these things, then you'll never find the gold inside of them. There's treasure out there, and we call it treasure hunting sometimes. But that's how the harvest is going to come in if we find the gold in these people. Because there's gold in all of us. Let's just stand this morning. You know, even when you look at yourself, you have to understand that there's gold inside of you. You have to understand that God sees you as something you don't even see yourself as. And that's what Apostle Pete was talking about this morning. I never thought I would be up here doing this. See, he couldn't see the gold and the mess and the junk about himself. When he was going through that process, he had to go through some heavy-duty refining, I tell you. And when you go through the refining, everybody says, but it seems so painful. No, it's a good painful because God takes back what the enemy tried to steal from you in the process of the refining fire. And so he'll take you back to those places. Oh, the devil said you were this. Oh, the devil molested you. Oh, the devil made you a drug user. Oh, the devil did this and that. So then you go back in the fire and you go and you get them back. And you take back what the enemy stole from you. And see, the enemy can't come in the fire with you. Only God is in the fire with you. He's scared of the fire. We've been going through all these attacks, and everybody told us three times. Somebody called us and said, there's a fourth man in the fire with you. Like Abednego and Shedrach and all these guys, they're in the fire, and there's, there's a fourth man in there with them. See, you're not alone. There's a fourth man in the fire with us right now, and the enemy can't come into the fire. People can do and say whatever they want to try to get rid of you or get, get you to go somewhere. And God's like, the devil can't come in the fire. Stay in the fire with me. Stay at the altar of worship. 
Because what do you do at the altar? You come to worship the Father. And then he comes in your worship and takes you to those deep places of this, of this refiner's fire and begins to mold you that those things that have been a distraction to you before will no longer be a distraction to you. Those things that have been a stumbling block to you in times before will no longer be a stumbling block. This whole time, let me tell you, my flesh wanted to step in at times. And the Lord said, remember the fire, Alice. Remember, I put your eyes in the fire. Remember, I put your heart in the fire. Remember, I put your, your feet in the fire. Remember all those moments we had in the fire. And everything that everybody's doing to come against you, it's not worth losing your fire over. So, God, I just thank you this morning, Lord. I thank you for what you're doing right now, Father God. I thank you for the fire on the altar, Lord. I pray that you keep those angels of ministers with that fiery flame, God, in this place, God. That it's intertwined with your love this season. And it's, in your, it's your love and your fire coming together as one this season. It's love that draws the people in, God. But it's your fire that consumes them, God. And we pray your all-consuming fire would come in this place, God. The all-consuming fire, God, where the enemy can't touch people anymore. Where the enemy's afraid of the fire, God, and, and he runs between his tail between his legs, God. Because he doesn't know where else to go, God. And so we pray that all-consuming fire would be upon us this morning, God. And that we would come in the, to the altar just to worship you, God. Just to be in thanksgiving with us, God. If you're here this morning and you've been going through a battle in your life and you've been in some warfare, come up here and receive the fire this morning. Because the, fire, the enemy can't get you in the fire. But you got to make a choice for your own life. Nobody can make it for you but you. So you have to, you have to choose to come up here to get that new fire. You have to say, God, let me just step into this fire for a little bit. And then what happens is it disguises you from the enemy. And he no longer, he, he can't even stick his hand in the fire to even try to come near you. If that's you, just come up and receive this morning. Because the Lord wants to touch you with fresh fire this morning. How many of you are sick and tired of being sick and tired, right? I got to a place where I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. Have you ever seen a person on fire for God? Some of us experienced it when we first accepted Christ in our heart, right? We wanted to tell everybody about Jesus. And we were like, we weren't afraid to tell anybody about Jesus. Because we were like, we just want everybody to know this, this, this God that, that came and saved me today. That's the fire that he wants you to feel again for him. 
It's so ex- so exciting, and it's excitement, this fire, that he wants it to begin to burn inside of you again with passion in your heart, that you, you, it's endless who you want to tell about this fire. So God, those that came up, Lord, just extend your hands in front of you right now. Give them the fresh fire this morning, God. Fill their hands with the fresh fire, God. Let the fire shoot up in their bones this morning, God. Let it hit their feet, God. Let it hit their soul, God. Let it hit their mind, God. That all of them will be in the consuming fire, God, that comes and brings transformation to their lives, God. They'll never be the same, God, with one touch of your fire, God. They'll never be the same, Lord. And we just pray you release it to them right now, God. That they will be protected from any schemes of the enemy in this fire, God. Any plans of the enemy will be demolished right now in the name of Jesus. Because your fiery flames are going to come upon around them and protect them. Lord, and we just pray that to each and every person in here, in Jesus' mighty name.